الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وحده لا شريك له ولا نظير له ولا ند له ولا ضد له ولا مثل له ولا مثال له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا ترفعوا أصواتكم فوق صوت النبي فوق صوت النبي ولا تجهروا له بالقول كجهر بعضكم لبعض أن تحبط أعمالكم أن تحبط أعمالكم وأنتم لا تشعرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم العارية مؤدعة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My respected elders and brothers when we look at the beautiful life of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then one of the things that we will see that was really outstanding in a Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a very considerate person. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a very, very considerate to the people around him. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she explains that my husband, Hazrat Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would come home after Isha, sometimes it would be late. Perhaps there was some program in the masjid, or there was some mashwara in the masjid. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came home a bit late. So she says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would enter the house, he would open the door very slowly. Very slowly he would, enter the, he would open the door. And when he would close the door, then he would close the door very slowly. So that if any person is sleeping in the house, that person is not disturbed with the opening and the closing of the door. She says that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would make salam, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would make salam in such a voice that if someone is sleeping, that person won't hear his salam. And if someone is awake, then the person would hear his salam. So, so considerate Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was that whoever is around him, he wouldn't want to cause him any kind of taklif, any kind of disturbance, any kind of difficulty or hardship. It is mentioned that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was reading the salah in the masjid, in Masjid Nabawi ala sahibiha as-salatu wa taslim And while Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reading the salah, one child started crying loudly in the salah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is an imam, 
And there's a child that's crying aloud in a masjid. So obviously, the child probably couldn't find his father. His father must have come into the saf. And now the child is left at the back. And now he's worried, he's agitated, I can't find my father. And he started screaming and crying. Obviously, first of all, little children, we're not supposed to bring them into the masjid. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has prohibited Jannibu masajidakum sibyanakum wa majaninakum Jannibu masajidakum sibyanakum wa majaninakum Don't bring, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Don't bring small children to the masjid And don't bring mad people to the masjid And the reason for this is quite obvious That a child or a mad person doesn't know that Those people who are engaged in ibadah, in salah, etc They may disturb their namaz, they may disturb their ibadah so Rasulullah sallallahu prohibited little children under the age of seven and don't bring them to the masjid. Sometimes what happens with us is we have a lot of shock to bring small children to the masjid. So we bring them when they're very small, bring them to the masjid. But we don't realize sometimes they become a nuisance to the other musallis in the masjid. Sometimes we work opposite. When they're very small, we have to bring them to the masjid. But when you become baligh and you become of age and we're supposed to be bringing them to the masjid, then we don't bring them to the masjid. So this child is crying in the masjid. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is an imam. Now just out of consideration for this little child, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa shortens his salah. He shortens his salah and he ends his salah very quickly. Why? Just to, to give peace to that child. That the child is worried. Consideration again. Yeah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is very, very considerate. Sahaba kiram radiallahu anhum, they mentioned that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was very considerate to us also. The muhajireen, when they moved over to Medina Munawwara, then they would live in the masjid there. So there was one raised platform, which is called a sufa. And they would live there, they would stay there, and they would learn the hadith from Rasulullah wasallam directly. So there was sometimes occasion, absolutely no food, there was absolutely nothing for them to eat. But the students of deen, so they will undergo that hardship for the sake of the ilm that they want to obtain. And they would stay in the masjid. At times, Hazrat Abu Huraira says, we had to tie stones to our stomachs because of the hunger that we experience. But he says, don't be deceived in thinking that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was eating delicious foods while we were hungry. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was tying two stones on his Mubarak stomach out of hunger as well. So he says that one day somebody brought some milk and came and they gave it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could have taken the milk and drank it himself. But look at his consideration that I've got my sahaba kiram radiallahu anhum that are in the masjid. They are hungry. Let me give them first to drink. Let me give them first to drink. And he takes the milk and he tells Abu Rira radiallahu anhu, go and give all the sufa first. So he's given to all the sahaba, the sahaba kiram radiallahu anhu drink. And then last Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to Abu Rira, no, it's only you and me left. Again, yeah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could have drank first. But see his consideration. So you drink first. You drink first, I'll drink last. Now the consideration of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not a selfish person. That I'm only worried about myself. I'm concerned about others first, give them preference and last myself. So this aspect of consideration which was really outstanding in a Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know the incident of the villager who came in a masjid. And he started urinating in the corner of the masjid. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understands this man is a new Muslim. He doesn't know about Islam, he doesn't know about deen, he doesn't know about the masjid. And the sahaba want to throw him out of the masjid, shouted him, he stops him. He says, just leave him, let him relieve himself. Don't say one word to him, just be considerate to him. After he finished, then we'll wash that entire area up, we'll clean up the masjid. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa calls him and explains to him, see this is a masjid, you're not supposed to be, he's teaching him. 
But look at the consideration again. Understand the man is new in Islam. He just come new, brand new. He doesn't know anything. So we'll teach him slowly, inshallah, and we'll be considerate towards him. So this aspect of consideration, so much has been taught with the Fazaili Ramzan. Fazaili Ramadan, as a Shaykh Rahmatullahi writes over there, and he explains that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa explains to the ummah that when a month of Ramadan comes, then be lenient to your Muslim workers. Be lenient to your Muslim workers, be considerate to your Muslim workers, because like you are fasting in Ramadan, they are fasting in Ramadan. So like how you would like a little bit of ease and rest in Ramadan whilst you are fasting, then you also be lenient and soft whilst they are fasting. So this aspect of consideration, you look at it in the hadith from, turn from one side to the other side, you'll find that this was a shining aspect in the life of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he was very, very considerate to people that are around him. Now that Umar radiallahu anhu is going to conquer Baytul Maqdis, and as he's going, he's got one camel, and he's got one slave with him. So he makes an agreement with the slave, that see if I'm going to be riding for one kilometer, and you are walking, then you will ride for one kilometer and I will walk. Why consideration? Not that I'm the Amirul Mu'minin, so I will sit on a camel, you walk, I'll ride. He doesn't have that attitude. He has that attitude of consideration and kindness that if I'm going to ride for one kilometer, then you will ride for one kilometer. And he's showing that consideration. And at the time when they're entering into Baytul Maqadis, at that time, Hazrat Umar is walking and the slave is riding. This, this aspect of being considered by nature, he's supposed to be considered to everyone that is around him. In this ayat that I recited in the beginning, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals this ayat, لَا تَرْفَعُوا أَسْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقَ صَوْتِ النَّبِيِّ There's an incident that happened, had built certain, a few rooms for the azwaj mutahharat this, this verses are from Surah Hujurat. Hujurat in Arabic means rooms. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam built these rooms, and Azwaj Mutaharat would all reside and live in these rooms. And after the Zuhar Salah, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to rest in one of these rooms, depending on whose turn it was. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would be awake most of the night in tahajjud, in ibadat. And after Zuhar Salah, he would depend on this little siesta, or qaylula, what is called. He would go have a rest during that period. And that would freshen him up for the rest of the afternoon and the rest of the night. So one day when Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to rest in one of these rooms, some villagers came and they wanted to meet with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they came outside the room and they're shouting there, Ya Muhammad, Ya Muhammad. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is resting. This is his, we could have waited, waited for him to finish rest, then spoken to him. And then to address him with these words like this, Ya Muhammad. So this was incorrect from their side. Allah ta'ala immediately revealed some verses of the Qur'an. Ya aswatakum nabi. Don't raise your voice higher than the voice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wala tajharu lahu bil qawli And don't speak to him like how you speak to yourselves. Like how we will talk with one another. In this year, Allah Ta'ala is teaching us this aspect of consideration. Could you, couldn't you just be little considerate to the Nabi of Allah? He's gone to have a rest. It's his resting time. You could have waited a little while. And then you speak into him in this way, without any adab, without any respect. So this is incorrect. Again here we learn the aspect of respect, how we speak, how we speak to our elders. Now sometimes a person he speaks to his friend. So he speaks to his friend and speaks casually. But when he's speaking to his father, he can't speak casually to his father. He has to speak to his father with a little bit more respect, with adab and respect. So Allah is revealing this ayat immediately, that don't raise your voice 
like this here, be considerate to the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala explains after it, أَنْتَحْبَتَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ It must not be that because of this inconsiderate behavior of yours, you lose all the sawab of your good deeds. So a person, he's accumulated good deeds. He's accumulated rewards. He's done salah. He's done charity. He's done zakat. He's gone for hajj. He went for umrah. He's read Quran Sharif. He's made zikrullah. He's built masajid. He's done so much of good deeds. But now, when a person comes to see his account, then there's nothing there in the account why he lost all the rewards of his good deeds because of his inconsiderate behavior towards people. Just to give by the example, a person from the time he was a little child, he was saving up his money. All his money, his spending money, his ED money, he saved it up, then he grew up, then he started working, and his salary, whatever he was, he used to put away some money. Then eventually at the age of 65, he got his pension. He took all his money, he put it into his account. There's hundreds of thousands of rands that have accumulated in that account. And then one day when he goes to the ATM machine to draw out some money, he finds that the account is sitting at zero, zero, zero. He gets a shock of his life, and where's my money? He lost all his money. Whatever he accumulated in his life, everything is lost. We had one similar problem in our madrasa, where we've got a few tanks that supply the madrasa with the water. We've got about 350 students. So obviously there's always ghusal, etc. And at any given time, there's a storage of about 30,000 liters, so that in case there's a problem with the borehole, then there's enough water to supply the students for a day or two days with water, etc. One day it happened that we thought we got a storage of 30,000 liters, but when we came there, all the tanks were dry. There's not one drop in any of the tanks. Plumber forgot to put some non-return valve or something, and all the water leaked out, and there's nothing there. We thought we got so much of reserves, but when we got there, there's absolutely no water at all over there. It must not happen that a person does so much of good deeds. But because of his inconsiderate behavior towards people, he loses the reward of all his good deeds. So this aspect of consideration, Hazrat Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanwi sahab, Nawar Allahu Marqadahu Hakimul Ummat, he surana khanqa in Thanabon. And the theme of Hazrat Mawlana, learn to be good, kind and considerate to the people around you. So when people used to come to the khanqa there, and they would ask for some zikr, azkar or some wazifas to make. So Mawlana used to say to them, see I'm not going to give you no wazifa to read. I'm not going to give you no zikr to make. I want to know from you first, have you hurt anyone's feelings? Were you bad to anyone? Were you inconsiderate to anybody? Are you owing people money? What's your relationship with people? First you sort all of that out. Your father's inheritance. Did you sort it out correctly and pay your sisters all it in your hand? If you've got all these issues on hand, then you first go and sort all of that out. Then you come back to me, read, I'll give you some zikr to make. But until now, there's nothing for you to do. You go and sort all of this out first. So Mu'ana was very particular about this. And his famous words used to be, Agar tum wali banna ho, buzurg banna ho, kutub banna ho, abdal banna ho, to kahi aur jaakar ke bano. If you want to become one buzurg or one wali or one grib, Qutub or Abdal, you rather go somewhere else and become that. Lekin agar tum insan banna ho, to yehi ajaab. But you want to become an insan, you want to become a good person, a Muslim, a good Muslim, then come here, I'll teach you how to become a good Muslim. Hazrat Ji Mawlana Masihullah Khan Sahib, Rahmatullah used to say the same words in a little different way. He used to say, Hafiz banna asan hai, Mawlana banna asan hai, Mufti banna asan hai, Shaykhul Hadi, lekin insan banna mushkil. Very easy to become a hafiz or a mawlana or a mufti sahab or a sheikhul hadith. Very hard to become an insan. 
very hard to become a good human being. And this is what we have to strive to do is, how can I become a good Muslim? How can I become a good caring Muslim, a considerate Muslim, to be kind and considerate to everybody that is around me? So a person is making ibadat. But if he is not considerate to the people around him, the sawab and the reward of all that ibadat is then lost because of his inconsiderate behavior. Now in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are many, many examples where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us. On one occasion, there was a person who came with a plate of dates and he left it in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there were many sahaba ikram that were sitting around. One person took his hand and he put it in a plate and he grabbed a whole handful of dates and he pulled it towards him. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stopped him immediately and said, don't do this. This is being inconsiderate. There are many people sitting here. Take one date at a time. Eat one. When you finish with one, then you take the second one. Why are you grabbing so many at one time? Can't you see there are many people sitting around here? Now these kind of values we have to teach our children. For example, we went to somebody's house and there's a platter that came over with chops. And there's uh, five pieces of chops in that platter. And there's five people sitting there. So you teach your child, you don't dish out three in your plate. There's other people, take one for yourself. The others, be considerate to everyone that is here. Live and let others live. Enjoy and let others enjoy. A person doesn't be selfish. He's not selfish only for himself. So these teachings come in the Mubarak words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Similarly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us, Al-Ariyatu Mu'addatu. You borrow something, then return it. Now a person borrows something, and he doesn't have the heart to return it after he's completed with it. Ask a person who's doing some work at home, and he needs to knock a nail into that last, that last nail into the coffin, and he can't find a hammer. Why? Because his neighbor borrowed it and never returned it. Now how frustrating it is for a person at that time, considerate enough to just say, Jazakallah, I'll finish with the hammer, let me return it. Ask a Molana. Ask a Molana who got a bayan to prepare tomorrow, and he can't find his kitab, because someone borrowed his kitab and never returned the kitab. Now he needs a kitab, he can't get the kitab, because somebody borrowed it and never returned it. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us consideration. Similarly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us that when you take something, put it back in its place. So it's a Friday, a person needs to cut his nail, so he took the nail clipper. And after he finished using it, he should take it and put it back in the place. So whoever else wants to use it in the house, they'll find it in its place. person came on a hot day like this, he came home, he was feeling for a glass of cold water. So he went to the fridge, he took out the bottle of water from the fridge, he poured it. And he enjoyed a beautiful cold glass of water. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah came out from the bottom of his heart. Now the right thing for him to have done was to fill that bottle up with water and put it back in the fridge. But if he just left it there on the side, the next person who came into the house and wanted to enjoy some cold water will not enjoy it because this man was so inconsiderate, he couldn't take it to the fridge. So these teachings come in the hadith of Rasulullah wasallam. that how a Muslim must be considerate, considerate, kind to the people that are around him. Similarly, when our husband Mufti Sahib, our principal, Dhamad Barakat, used to teach us when we were in Madrasa, he used to teach us, see, you're, you're all our students here in the Madrasa. So when you're using the toilet, when you're using the toilet, after you finish with the toilet, then leave it cleaner and crisper than how you found it. So the next person who's using the toilet, he feels comfortable to use the toilet. We've got the masjid toilets, for example. It's a public place. The whole public is using it. So we use it. But we use it in a way that we don't cause any taklif or difficulty to the next person who wants to use it. Sometimes the person is traveling for Umrah and it's time for namaz. Now he needs to read his salah on the plane. Obviously salah is faraz. Umrah is nafil. You can't be going for a nafil umrah and leaving out your faraz namaz. 
So it's namaz time, you have to read your faraz namaz in the plane. So he needs to make wuzu. So he went into the, the plane to make his wuzu. Be considerate to the rest of the passengers that are there. You don't have to sit for 10 minutes and make miswak inside the toilet now. Because make your miswak on the seat. Go inside, quickly make your wuzu. And after you finish make your wuzu, wipe up the entire place so it's dry. The next person who comes in, he doesn't find water lying all over the place. You are considerate to all other passengers on the plane as well. This type of consideration, how a Muslim is considerate to everyone that is around. Then we have the masjid, for example. All of us come five times a day to the masjid to read our namaz. From the time we park our cars, where do we park our cars? How we park our cars? Sometimes a person is parking his car in such a way that he's, he's using two parking bays for one car. So you should be considerate, park his car correctly, so that the next person who's coming can park his car nicely also. Hazrat Muhammad Patel Sahib in the Melanson Road Masjid, Manana over and over again is to make this announcement, please brothers, don't block anybody's driveways, don't block any person. You rather park your car one kilometer away from the masjid, in a place where you're not causing any taklif or discomfort to anyone and come walking, you might as well come late for the namaz, then block someone's driveway or block a musalli. Sometimes there's a musalli who needs to leave quickly after namaz, and he can't come out because Hazrat is reading his nafil namaz here in the masjid. So this is inconsiderate behavior. Don't park and block somebody's way. Once there was one janaza in the Melanson Road Masjid, and one person had parked in someone's driveway. And it so happened that that person was a Hindu, Hindu person, and he was trying to exit his driveway, and he can't come out. Why? Because this person came for the janaza namaz. One of our ustads was walking past. He says, I can still picture this man. He's standing there and he's twisting his arms like this. And he's saying, so inconsiderate, so inconsiderate. And look at this man, he parks here. So are we driving people away from Islam? Or are we driving, bringing people closer to Islam with our behavior? Now he could have had an emergency. They probably maybe have been somebody getting a heart attack in the house and he needed to rush them to the hospital. Or it could be, that there was a lady that was in confinement and she needed to be rushed to the hospital because she's in labor. But he can't exit his house. Why? Because in the masjid he came for janaza namaz. Be rest assured, you got absolutely no sawab for your janaza namaz that you read because of your inconsiderate behavior of the way you parked your car. So these teachings come to us from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Now from the car park, then we come into the masjid. In the masjid there are racks that are kept on the side. Those racks are kept for our shoes to be kept inside. One masjid I went... They got on sign there, it's written there, please bend your back and put the shoes on the rack. Why? Because sometimes Musallis are just leaving their shoes on the side. An old person who needs to exit the masjid, he may trip over the shoes because it's just kept there on the side. Those racks are meant for a reason, we put our shoes neatly on the rack and then we come into the masjid. And then coming into the masjid also, we find the place, we come away to the front surf, if possible. If there's no place in the front surf, then the second surf. We don't push our way into the masjid. We don't push away. If a person came late to the masjid, don't jump over everyone's shoulders and push yourself into the first surf. Wherever you get a place, sit down there nicely so that you don't cause any inconvenience to somebody. Sometimes in the surf now, in the first surf, with this hope of getting sawab and reward for reading namaz in the first surf. Brothers, if you want the sawab for reading namaz in the first surf, come early. Come early to the masjid, you'll get a good place in the first surf. But a person came late now, and there's a small gap in the first surf, maybe for a three-quarter size person to fit inside. And you like a double-sized person, don't push yourself inside that gap. You're going to cause taklif to everybody in that stuff. So the importance of consideration. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is teaching us this over and over again. A person is considerate to the musallis in a masjid. 
A person is considerate to his workers at home or in the business. A person is considerate to his wife and his children. He's considerate to the people on the street, to the drivers on the road. He's concerned about this. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala has commanded me that I must be kind, considerate and good towards everybody that is around me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us this lesson over and over again in his Mubarak Seerah. When you read the Seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you'll find this example coming over and over again. Sometimes we have to go and visit a Muslim. He's sick. To visit a sick person is great reward. Iyadatul Mariz. 70,000 malaika will make dua for you. Allah will build a palace for you in Jannah. But before you go visit him, find out if it's a good time to see him or not. It may not be a good time to visit him. Pick up the phone and just ask him, What's a good time for you to come and for you for me to come and see you? It might be a good time for you to go. It might not be a good time for him to go. And we went to visit the sick person, but at the time when he was fast asleep, now we go broke his sleep. We caused him taklif. We caused his family taklif. So these things are in phone. Find out: Is it a good time to come? Is it not a good time? What's a good time to come? We'll come at a time when it's convenient for the sick person. Similarly, something you find in a month of Ramadan, mashallah, now a takeoff is such. That our masjids are full during Ramadan for itikaf. So there are a lot of people, some, sometimes 50, 60 people are sitting in itikaf during the month of Ramadan. So one brother, mashallah, wants to wake up for tahajjud namaz. One brother wants to wake up for tahajjud namaz. He says, it's Ramadan now. So let me wake up. I'll wake up about half past one, two o'clock. And I'll spend the rest of the night in, in my tahajjud, inshallah. So he sets his alarm clock on. Half past one in the morning, that alarm clock is ringing. And it's ringing, and it's ringing. And everyone in a masjid woke up. And Hazrat is fast asleep over here. We cause taklif to everyone in a masjid. We woke everybody up, but we never woke up for that. So these things we have to be very considerate about how we live our lives. Every step of our lives, be considerate, be kind, think for others. In this way, inshallah, Allah ta'ala will bless us in this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless us in the akhirah. Let's try inshallah, and just make this one intention. That inshallah, I'll try my best to see how I can thread my life, how I can pass my life. In a way, we don't cause any kind of difficulty, any kind of hardship to any single person around me. I'm considerate to everyone that is around me. And in this way, I will earn the pleasure of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. This brothers, was just one announcement. The masjid is quite full to the back. Inshallah, if you can stand up. And just try and make our safs before we read our sunnahs, Inshallah. We just fill in the places in the front. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq.